Welcome, Lacey. I'm so happy to have you here today. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks. Kind of, Zoom-wise. Hey, same thing. Thank you. Same, same. This is how we live during the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's better times now. Better times. <laughs> better times where it's optional, not mandatory to Zoom. I like the option, though, I have to say. I, I'm, I'm wearing sweats on the bottom half of this, so I definitely like the option. Yeah, no, it's definitely business up top, party down below. So. <laughs> you look fabulous, though. Thank you. I combed my hair. And, oh my God, thank you so much. She never does that. Yeah, no, but you always I had to keep up with you. Anyways. This is um, day three of not washing my hair. It looks um, good. Shout out to um, Dry Bar, Dry Shampoo. Uh, you sponsor my whole life. <laughs> Future sponsor of 41,000 feet and throwing. Dry Bar. May I repeat? Dry Bar. <laughs> Contact 41,000 feet and thriving. <laughs> If you couldn't tell, um, those that are listening, Lacey and I definitely know each other. <laughs> she is not a guest to me, but she is a guest to you all at home. She is absolutely wonderful. She worked with me at my first private aviation experience. Um, and she was actually the person, one one of the first people or either, or the person, do you remember this? Because I it was a group effort. I was part of, I wasn't the recruiter, but I was part of the group interview that you came in. Yes. And I remember it being either you were the one reach, that reached out to hire me, mm-hmm. that to, to call, you were, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, because I've been telling this story a lot since I've started this podcast, and I started to question it because I was like, oh, Lacey might remember this differently, but I think it was her. How quickly um, your beginnings. Wow. All right. No. I, I, <laughs> So I, I literally cut it out of a podcast the other day because I was like, I don't know if this is true and I'm going to have her on. So I need to like make sure this is. So you were the one that called me. Yes. So, no, we had a couple of people that did the interview process and I did report to someone else who actually hired you. I was part of the recommendation. I uh-huh. take credit for that, but I cannot take credit for the full hiring. Um, yes. yes. Then I reached out to you. I don't know. You can. Yeah. <laughs> and then I know I reached out to you. I believe we uh, we talked about all the good stuff. Which I heard. Yeah. Well, last podcast. Um, and yeah, no, that was the edited version too. I cut out a bunch of that. Really? <laughs> I'll have to send you the the actual because I cut out your name. I cut out a lot. I was like, I don't know. I don't want to like throw someone under the bus here. Watch, you're gonna get someone else who was part of the hiring process. Be like, no, Lacey's lying. Like, I'm it was one. me. I'm taking credit for Virginia. <laughs> no, but I really do credit you, and I did. I was 99% sure it was you. But at the same time, that feels like a lifetime ago. But I do remember where I, and if you listen to the pop, I can't remember if I edited this part out. But when I got hired, I was driving from L, uh, San Diego to LA yep. on the way to my long haul flight in Rome, or it was headed to Rome. Mm-hmm. And you called me and were like, oh, we found a spot for you. Like we would love to finally, like not finally, but you know, we we can hire you full time instead of part time now. And I remember being like, oh, oh my God, <laughs> like, what do I do? Um, and I but I remember like calling like five people right after being like, oh, my God, my life just changed. Do I what 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 do I do? So I'm just curious now. Is that was that a good thing? Was a life changing for the for the better? <laughs> or was in the or last like the <laughs> What a time. 
if I had only <laughs> said no. <laughs> I think, you know, I, I said it with someone earlier in the podcast episodes. I was like, it was either a blessing or a curse, <laughs> um, which is a joke. Obviously, it was I and I, I, I honestly cannot imagine my life had I not gotten that job because I mean, it just opened up every door of my life and it it opened me up to friends like you that have been friends for years now, as well as, you know, so many that started out where we came from and I'm still friends with them today. And so I really don't know where my life would be had I not gotten your call that day and like had I not had you in that interview process to vouch for me. Well, I do have to tell you, and you're not supposed to divulge this i guess as an interviewer but i'm anyone that's hosted an interview when you're trying to get candidates you have to you be personable obviously but you can't act like oh my gosh i really want them i really want them so i remember i think there was two other ladies in the interview and i remember afterwards like thank you so much virginia we will we'll get back to you what do you think like uh next friday yeah we have actually quite a few more people to interview and then I, I didn't think you liked me at first. <laughs> you left and we waited till you like walked down the hall out of earshot. And we're like, oh my God, did you love her? Did you love her? Like we love her. And we go. And I remember too, the next time we spoke to you, oh I spoke God. to you, I'm like, so just look, are you, are you interested? Like we have a lot of people that are interested in this. Like, are you? <laughs> and you had to play it so cool. We were gushing over you. Oh my gosh, I don't know about that. I feel like you're playing this up. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm not. And truly, before we got on this podcast, you have had two lovely guests so far that I've listened to. I know that there's more in the pipeline, but they have gushed over you, rightfully so. You're amazing. And I was like, I hate before it. Before you come on, we don't gush over. And then what? Within the first four minutes, I'm like, yes, Virginia, I yeah. love you. You're wonderful. <laughs> but it's, oh, we were so happy to find you as a candidate. And yeah, I don't know. I just was felt like a match. It, uh, I mean, I honestly, and you know this, I would go back any day. I've contracted for the company we've worked for and I love it. Like such great people, such a good team, such a good hiring team, like everything about that company. Love, absolutely love and support, honestly. It was never, yeah, just love it. Which brings me to my first question for you because we ended up talking about me that whole time, which is stupid for the first four minutes. (laughs) How, and I honestly don't even know if I know this, how how did you get into aviation? Like, what is your background? Like, I know, I'm sure we've talked about it, but as as we've established, I do not have a good memory, apparently. So I'm so intrigued to hear how you started as a refresher, because I cannot be bothered to be refreshed on my cold meds that I'm on. (laughs) Um, Well, I'm sure we've also had a couple of cocktails while we talked about this. No way. I just have a very pink drink in my glass that may or may not be grapes. (laughs) All right. Refresher. Um, Not to sound like a cliche, but I truly was thrown into aviation. I had no idea what private aviation was, anything like that. And um, I was at a a dinner party with... um, That sound makes it sound so much fancier than it actually was. No. I I was at a dinner thing with your fancy let's be real <laughs> was it you know with with family friends and acquaintances and i was helping plate food serving food cleaning up getting people drinks i wasn't wor- i wasn't supposed to work the event 
um, in a very selfish way. I just didn't want to talk to anyone. And so I made myself busy. Um, this is me and Lacey's trademark at any gathering. I would like it known this is how Lacey and I function in gatherings. And I'm pretty sure we always end up doing this. It's probably how we became friends. Probably. No, other things too, but that definitely clenched other things too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah. there was a point in the evening where we were having dinner and I couldn't avoid people. Um, by the way, I love people. This was just, it was a day. It was a day and I just didn't want to talk to people. And um, I yeah. ended up sitting across this couple who was lovely and small talk ensued. And it didn't really last that long. Um, the last question I remember being asked before things pivoted quite quickly, um, which sounds very ominous, was they asked, oh, so what are you currently doing? And at the time, um, early 20s, I know it's crazy because I'm like mid-20s now. I look great. <laughs> <laughs> you are 25 turning like in two weeks, right? Thank you. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. They asked what I was doing. And I was at the time I was working at a bagel shop. I was a nanny. I was a tennis instructor. Um, and Wow. Was it Noah's Bagels? No. Okay. No, it was Western Bagel. Oh, okay. Do you know their slogan? I would have taken Western Bagel? Western Bagel. Western, Western. No, I don't know. What is their slogan, Lacey? Uh, is there a song? Uh, no, there's oh no gosh. I'm going to be singing. Dang. No, it's the bagel that won the West. And our... <clears throat> our... our <laughs> <laughs> and, and I wish you could. and the mascot was like the biggest man who was both two pistols of cream cheese coming out and his body was like a big <laughs> let's be real you were the mascot right you worked in a bagel shop but you were the mascot standing outside no. <laughs> I, have, I have some dignity not much but I have some <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i that's amazing i love this imagery so you and your bagel costume we're about to get hired for a private company allegedly <laughs> and all gigs so i wasn't looking for anything else and um the gentleman started asking me interviewing questions like what's your five-year plan happens. do you currently have benefits um, what do you want to do with your life later on? You know, do you have background in customer service? All these things. And eventually it turned into him actually asking me to come into a real interview the following week for a prestigious title of in-flight coordinator. And I said, hey, oh, yeah. hell yeah, that sounds great. And yeah, I went in, I met with him, my boss to be and got offered the the spot the spot the job on a spot and the rest is history in my head this can be one of two people and i'm trying to decide which one it is if it's the one it's is it the one that you hooked me up with recently no no okay so it's the other one yes got it got it i'm on it i'm on it love these <laughs> cryptic messages <laughs> don't read into it folks it's fine um okay and your title since, though, had it well, so A, let's start from the beginning here. How old was the company that you started for at this time? It was a startup, yeah? It was a startup. And this gentleman who was propositioning the job, that was, I was going to say me, that doesn't, propositioning the job, 
um, said that he had previously run uh, an airline company that will remain nameless. Um, Okay. And he was the president. And so he was like, hey, I got sick of that. So now I'm going to go to private aviation with this other guy and started up. And we had eight aircraft when I started. Wow. And then that's crazy. Like a lifetime ago. And now we have so much more and something going on 750 very soon. Wow. That is insane. Yeah. So obviously also props to you because like this person saw something in you just because if anyone ever goes out with Lacey, whether it be for a drink, a meal, a coffee, even just like a walk, you will notice she is like the most humble, most like caregiver, like she just gives. And that's her like personality is being this like caretaker and like hospitality person that you could not train a person like Lacey, honestly. Like it just comes naturally to her and she hasn't had any training. She just naturally is this amazing. And so obviously this person that hired you like saw that and was like, we want you to represent this part of our company, which is pretty impressive. By the way, thank you, first of all. And also, (laughs) I've been thinking all this time, by the way, I got very lucky. I have to say that. Like, I got very lucky with this opportunity and I kind of thought it was slightly out of desperation. (laughs) So the way that you phrased it, desperation on their part, not my part. So the way you phrased it (laughs) makes me smile. So thank you. Thank you. I am taking it. Oh, you're so welcome. (laughs) Um, So... You walk in your first day. I'd like, what happened? So my boss was incredible. Um, And I just have to say that because she was there for three days to train me. And I'm putting this in quotes, even though you can't see me. (laughs) Because she just left post-it notes everywhere. Like, do this, do that, buy this, buy that. There was no instruction as far as, oh, you need a laptop or you need to sign some employee paperwork or you need to get a crew it was badge. Just throwing you in. It was, hey, go to this FBO and service this aircraft. Cool. What what, what is an FBO? Oh, good question. Just it for people a, that don't know. Absolutely. It is a fixed base operator and it Crushed is it. <laughs> Thank you. I've been practicing. It's uh it's worth clients to wait for their flight anyways yes uh, that is cr- so it's kind of like a it's kind of like a very nice lounge like if you were at like the admiral lounge or an alaska lounge or something but very nice yes that's e- i should say even nicer because those lounges are very nice as well but yeah it, it is nice of the terminal at a private airport you are you are plain side which is very nice you pretty much walk out a couple yes. of stairs and there is your aircraft awaiting your journey not sure why I said absolutely that. okay so um, they <laughs> so they tell you to go to this FBO just randomly did you even know what an FBO was at that point absolutely not um okay. I, I looked it up on uh, my phone I went there as this cute little new hire and just asked around for the tail number and I knew that I knew that much tail number and I walked out to the plane and I impressive. encountered thank you I encountered this um, this volcano of man. 
he uh, he worked as a maintenance person on this tail. And I say Volcano Man oh, because okay. the second he saw me, he looked so nice. He was so welcoming. He's like, hi, who are you? Oh, hi, I'm Lisa. Who are you? And he introduced himself. And then all of a sudden he's like, why the you on my aircraft and i didn't really know how to answer that and that was my first day yeah and this was the maintenance guy and then he called my boss and was like oh man and so and the boss my boss was like yeah no she's fine like you know she's great she's just gonna you know stalk your aircraft and he's like get her off my plane anyways yeah it was um not a great first day but i came back and I have been in the industry for now over a decade and I don't plan on leaving. So apparently I like being yelled at. I don't know. It's. <laughs> wow. That's a gift because whenever I get yelled at, I am like, that's a hard pass for me. Um, I'm going to go cry in my corner now. Uh, <laughs> probably will text Lacey and be like, oh my God, you'll never guess what happened. I'm crying in a corner. Um <laughs> You're you very you. tough. Yes, yes. Wow. And so at first, were you the in-flight services manager? Like, were you managing or did you grow into that where it kind of like happened? I grew into it. I was working under this one individual who I mentioned, and then I had two other um they were hybrid. They would work on the ground with me. And I don't think I mentioned this before. I'm only on the ground. I'm not actually going to fly on the planes. I'm just stalking them. I'm assisting the crew. I'm cleaning up after messes. A mess is a very, very starter job. So I worked with these two other ladies and they kind of trained me since my boss was slightly absent. And um, <laughs> and they also get it. Yeah. Shoot. I'm still one of the best bosses I've had. But she, um, they they flew as well and so when they would fly it was just me and so eventually since they wanted to fly more they didn't want to be on the ground uh, i had to kind of adapt because i didn't have a ton of guidance which is fine I, I learned that way people learn that way and then eventually they were flying all the time and it was just me so i learned things i made my own processes because there's this is a startup there's no manual they don't know even they didn't even know what the container store was. There's no P touch labels. I mean, we were working off of post-its for crying out loud. So just some of these things I started to implement, people noticed. And they're like, oh, Yeah. You actually like what you're doing. Maybe you should be, I don't know. And you're good at it. And maybe you can manage things. So I started out as in like coordinator and I worked my way up that way, just by organizing. <laughs> How quickly? What kind of timeline are we looking at? Because in my mind, I'm pretty sure it's pretty quick. It was quick. With a startup, I feel like things go very, very quickly. So, yeah, part of this was a lot of timing, I have to say. So I will give myself credit, but it was a lot of time. <laughs> it was a lot of timing. Sure. I started as in-flight coordinator within, well, within a year, someone else came in to run the department, which I was heartbroken over. And um, Oh, yeah. I hate to say this because it sounds so mean, but they crashed and burned. It happens. It does. Like, it's a cutthroat industry. Like, yeah, you got to be on top of it. Exactly. No post-its here. If you're going to stay in, you know, <laughs> no post-its here. Exactly. And then within maybe four months after that, I was promoted to a director of a blood services. 
Oh, you know it's getting real when there's a director in front of your job title, as in director the word in front of your job title. Exactly. Because I was like, oh, I I'm waiting to be director flight attendant. <laughs> we can make that happen. It, I mean, I'm just saying it hasn't been a job title that I've heard of yet. And I just really feel like it should. But let's be real. If it's going to go to anyone, it would be like Jamie. Like if anyone were going to be a director of something like flight attendant, it would be be the Jamies of the world. Well, OK. First of all, I don't think there's a person on this planet that doesn't love Jamie. And I, I agree with you. She 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 could be director. However, you and a lot of other wonderful people I've met are very skilled in what they do. I have been trying to make this a thing for a long time. I feel like Duchess, like Duchess of cabinet tenants or Duchess of in-flight would be a thing. <laughs> you want to make it a royalty. Exactly. Exactly. Is that just so we feel better about like picking up people's trash? I didn't think of it that way, but yeah, yeah. Which this is a bit off topic, but also it kind of ties into the word trash. <laughs> I'm curious about. This. Have you seen the debacle about the what is it, Jesse Decker? Is that her name? Yes, right, Miss Jesse James Decker. Some, I think there's a middle. I think so. Have you seen the debacle on that the last two days? Yes, yes. I, I mean, what not? It's everywhere. <laughs> so. Also, people don't know this, and we'll get into it in a second, but Lacey did do flights as a flight attendant later on in the middle of this, just because we'll get into it later. But as someone that was in in-flight, is in in-flight services and did do flights as a private flight attendant, and mind you, the Jesse Decker, um, Jesse James Decker um, flight was a commercial flight, was which is just drastically different service-wise. Like, Flight attendants on commercial are there to make you comfortable, but their priority is safety. Like they are they are not there to be your maids. Like that is my opinion. Like they are not they are absolutely wonderful humans that kindly pick up our trash and kindly help us like make our way and do all of this wonderful these wonderful things. I do not think that they are there to groom the plane. However, I think Jamie put it very well in her interview, which was you they definitely could have worded it better. They could have said, may I help you pick up this trash around you that your child created? Right. Uh, what, what, what is your view on that, if you don't mind me asking? Well, so You're like I so do mind now. <laughs> well, how dare you? I'm going to I'm going to ask you, too, because you actually flew commercially so you'd have a better idea but my view is private like you said private and commercial so different so obviously there's so many other things that happen that's not being published and who knows what transpired that being said though I saw pictures I don't know what the mess was I don't know what's being done it didn't seem that bad and I might just get slapped in the face luckily not same of who I am but I'm like <laughs> just I don't know, like either if you really want them to clean up because something else happened, yeah, like you said, just ask them in a nicer way. But frankly, I really just didn't think it was that big of a deal. I'm not entirely sure why this is going viral, to be perfectly honest. I agree with that. Like, I I, I think it was kind of a normal flight mess. Yeah. I think that I probably as a flight attendant would have like just picked up the aisle portion and then maybe the, the person, like the client, well, I guess the passenger would have maybe started to like then pick up the pieces around her seat mm -hmm. just to get them out of her way. 
in a natural progression, you know, like, and again, very adjacent to what Jamie said, very adjacent to may I help you? And then it would be like, oh, may I, can you help me grab this underneath your feet kind of thing? That kind of thing, I think. But also, yeah, I totally agree. I think it was very blown out of proportion. Like, I, I really don't think it needed to be a news story by any means. No. Um, nor do I think anyone in that scenario is trying to mistreat the other person. Like, I don't think either of them are guilty of that. I think that it was just a scenario that was just like, oh, well, that's unfortunate. Like, let's take to social media just to get. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't I don't get that realm of things where people blow things up in social media to get a response or to get acknowledged. I don't get that. No, I don't want to. No. And who who took the pictures of like the popcorn kids? Because it was like across the aisle. And I'm like, who are those snakes who tattled? Like, what's going on? Yeah. Like, well, then it's like maybe the other passengers were bothered by it because maybe there is more. T- my guess is that there's more to the story. Maybe there it wasn't just the mess. Maybe the kids were making noise along with the mess or something like that. Because it seems like maybe it was, maybe someone asked the flight attendant to ask to clean it up. You know what I mean? So I think there was a lot more to it. I think you're being fairly logical. I just want to... I'm trying to be because I don't want to get in trouble with anyone. No, <laughs> no I know. I think you actually make a very but also, sound point. Well, I can see both sides. It's like, as the passenger, I can be like, uh, like, it's a commercial plane. Like, it's fine. Like, Gruber's come on to clean this up anyway. What? I get that, even though that's not my personality to say that. But I get the understanding of that. And then the flight attendant side, same thing. I'm like, I can't reach underneath your seat. Like, <laughs> you know. So and I also feel like there just could have been a very easy misunderstanding in how it was put. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Let and me- again, praise to Jamie for how she put it. May I? Yeah. If you put may I in front of any sentence, can I, you know, whatever it is, if you propose it as like, I'm going to help you. And like she said, a collaborative effort. Sold that that even. Yeah, that's just solid. Now, I think she nailed it and also just softening the tone, not being demanding, you know, things like that. I also, this might not be even a thing, but (laughs) maybe it's just me. Whenever I have the intention of doing something, like maybe she intended to clean it up and then someone tells me to do it, I just get irate. Like, yeah, I was already doing that. But yeah, anyways. And that's a good passenger perspective because she did have, I think it was two kids, Mm -hmm. I think. Young kids. And so, I mean, and that was one of the arguments was this person has two kids like leave her alone she's already a saint for flying with two kids and I also get that so I think there's just many facets to it that didn't need to get blown up into the proportion of you have to be on one side you know yeah so I appreciate that perspective too well let me ask you this either okay or commercial am I allowed to ask questions is that okay (laughs) you may I'll allow it this one thank you how you ever encountered not necessarily a mess but just something where obviously private there's a lot more that you have to be aware of but you don't have you let I don't even know if there's a right phrasing but like let slide is there anything that you've had to deal with and can you give an example of like how you did this just for anyone out there listening who's maybe struggling so you're saying anything comparably like mm-hmm. comparative yeah which are two maybe similar words well, jumping on seats 
causing a ruckus, creating a giant yeah. thing, like ruining the plane. But like, but in the private sense, yes. Like what would be equivalent? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I mean, so messes like that that you saw at the the Jesse Decker, you know, commercial flight, we see that all the time in private. Like that's pretty minimal for us. Like people will throw a trap. Like I would like to say that it's like half and half. Half people are completely respectful and treat it as their home, which is lovely. And the other half are on a private jet where they're excited to let someone else do everything for them. You're essentially a butler. If, you know, like, and I get that sense of, I want someone to do absolutely everything for me because I'm paying for it. Cool. That is my job, technically. Um, And so as much as I might not like picking up the trash and picking up like people's like I was telling uh no I hadn't told this story I was um but I've had to pick up some we I think we've all had to pick up some gnarly messes my least favorite are the the lav kind of messes which can go from a variety of topics like it can go from tummy upset kind of topic it can go from being too indulgent in alcohol kind of topic it can be a consequence of too much alcohol the next day kind of topic. It could just be your morning breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> Pam in the toilet, anyone? <laughs> like, it's a secret out there for uh, private flight attendants. And then it can also be like the, so the, I mentioned this in my first episode. I had a client ask for condoms in the, in the lab. Mm-hmm. And I hope it's on overshare. I'm pretty sure it's, fairly known that the mile high club is a thing it's real it's out there in private it is very out there and they have liberty to to do whatever they want that is my least favorite kind of mess to clean up gross (laughs) and i have (laughs) i have a lot of those stories that i will not indulge you with just because they're disgusting um and no one wants like no one wants to think about that no one even wants to think of like a hotel maid can you imagine like a hotel maid the things that they see, like, I always think about that. I'm like, it would be fascinating to sit down with a maid of a hotel and be like, what is the worst room you've ever seen? Like, what happened? Tell me everything. Like, I picture, like, Hangover, like, the movie. Oh, yes. But on, like, steroids, which is f- saying something. Um, But that put, is what I picture. Put a GoPro on their forehead while they're doing everything. Yeah, ex- Seriously. Honestly. Also, if you're a maid out there, start a podcast because I want to hear all the stories. I really do. I'm here for it. I I would tune in every week and ask for more if a maid out there started a podcast on what she saw in hotel rooms. I'm just saying. So there's that. And then I think I even told a story about like one of my worst flight, not worst flights ever, but I think it was in my first podcast with Addie. She asked something and it was about disrespect. And one of them was, when I worked for our company, um, the clients where we had to bring on a second flight attendant mm-hmm. because I was being disrespected and there was a lot of different factors there. But then the plane was being disrespected too, like stains that could not and would not come out of leather or granite, like on the on the countertops. Yeah. And on top of that, they were like recording me and doing inappropriate things towards me and doing inappropriate things on the plane, like that are unmentionable and um so anyway it's just i would say that's probably one of my most disrespectful moments of 
this is not like, okay, we'll wipe it off. This is tens of thousands of dollars to completely fix this problem that you created. And these people, let me tell you, I don't think could have afforded that. Like they were flying a private jet. I'm My guess is because of like someone else was paying for it kind of thing. And it it's like they could not have afforded to fix what they created. And so they got a massive slap on the wrist for that last flight where there were two flight attendants on board to kind of essentially, and they didn't get to close the cockpit door. We had to keep that and the galley door open because it was so much of a like, if I had two great pilots and I'll tell you their names after because you'll know, you'll remember them. I kind of, I can remember, remember this. Yeah. Yeah. They were some of my favorites and, um, and they were the best. They completely had my back, which bless, that doesn't always happen, but these guys did. And they were like, if anything goes on out there or back there, we will land the plane wherever we're at. We will fucking toss them off and we will continue on to Teterboro. That is how this is going to go. And they made it clear to the clients that that is exactly what would happen. Good. By the way, if anything happens. I feel like that stuff happens fairly frequently, but also you have to be to a certain level of degree of just disrespectful to get to that point on private aviation. Because I feel like we let a lot, again, I'm using the phrase slide, but it's Uh so you have to do so much to disrespect every single thing on that plane, every single person on that plane, and just be a complete moron to be able to actually threaten to be tossed off. That doesn't happen that I don't know. It doesn't. This is a, and that's why it is kind of my, you know, you asked, like, do you have a scenario like that? It, that it, comes, it is the, yeah, it's the first one that comes to mind. Cause it, I mean, that was at, that was towards the beginning of my private career. And so that was probably like coming up on six years ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, but no, go ahead. <laughs> so you, you did become a flight attendant. You went to the training. And you got certified, correct? Correct. And then you did a handful of flights. You didn't do much, but you you were able to help when there was a shortage. I had such a sweet gig, Virginia. Oh my gosh, I can I believe it. So my first flight, which I'll go back to, was before I went to safety training. Um, it was uh, it was a total flu, which is allowed in private. Like there are workarounds to this. So that is legal technically. Thank you for the disclaimer. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and you're welcome. <laughs> and keep in mind too, I've been working on the, the planes. I've been studying the material, all of that. Um, but I had this great gig where I would work in the office from Monday through Friday on the ground supporting crews. And then Saturday and Sunday, sometimes Friday through Sunday, I would get to go on these flights. So I was so jealous of all these wonderful cabin attendants flying and coming back and telling me like, oh, we were in this magical place called Teterboro, New Jersey. I was like, I want to go to Teterboro, New Jersey. <laughs> and see, I would like you to name right now the flight attendant that said, I'm so excited to go to Teterhole. Well, you will not believe how glamorous it is. <laughs> um, I don't think they fly anymore. <laughs> I think they went to a different <laughs> shop. <laughs> If you love Teterboro, and I'm not talking about flying into Teterboro and then staying in Weehawken or Hoboken. I'm talking about if you like staying in Teterboro, please raise your hand and DM in the comments because I don't believe you. 
No. I'm going to need to do a test, like a lie detector test. But this is how naive I was, Virginia. And I was like, I want to travel. Let's do this. Let's go see what Tidra has to offer. Um, <laughs> and oh, so- you sweet baby girl. <laughs> exactly. So then I signed up for training. I went and I was able to not pick my trips. I could only pick the days I was flying. So I got a handful of clients and they were shorter trips. Once in a while, I get longer international trips, which was great learning experience. And I had some great clients. But the the quick ones, usually over the weekend to Vegas. Yeah. Or, or uh, oh, but you have to love parts of those. Like, I don't like Vegas, but I have fond, hurtful memories. Mm-hmm. But they're fond oh, yeah. of that Vegas trauma. Oh, yeah. it's It was so exciting in the beginning. Don't get me wrong. I actually do miss lying every once in a while, but... Man, the the clients for the most part were great. The trips were good. It was just, it was exhausting. And I realized that sometimes I just wanted to say no. And you can't say no <laughs> to anyone when you're flying. But you can when you're a manager of in-flight services. So that's why I ended up going on the ground after five years of flying. Did you really fly for five years? It doesn't quite feel like that because I wasn't flying on a full time each end. It was always part yeah. filling in things like that. But yeah, I was on and off for five years. I don't think I realized that. I'm sure I knew it. But again, like we established, I'm on cold meds and also had a glass of rosé. And <laughs> oof, that's my girl. I don't recommend that. I am not here to recommend that combo. I'm just telling the truth. <laughs> um, so. Wow, you had a lot more time in the air than I honestly remember knowing about. A lot of that was this shuttle service that we um, ended up. Oh, oh, that little shuttle service. I believe that is what I was hired for. Yes, that uh, that little shuttle service. I think you know it fairly well. And a little bit, a little bit. (laughs) And I was eventually a, a trainer for um, some newer hires on that shuttle. So a lot of my hours. That was me. (laughs) <laughs> you didn't train me on a flight but you did on like in dock me and then you paired me up with someone to train me in an actual flight on my first that private because flight. you were well beyond me i was like i can't i was like that's a lie i was like i can't teach her anymore the, the, that's a lie folks at home do not believe her this is Lacey's toxic trait which is that she like will make you feel like you're like a god and it's just not fair First of all, I have many toxic traits. That is not one of that. <laughs> you don't have time to go down that list. <laughs> this is not a therapy session. No, it's not a therapy session. Um, but no, fly was a That's little- after. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, miss. How about this then? How was your okay. private flight? How was preparing for it? Did in-dog prepare you? Did training prepare you? Tell me. Inquiring minds want to know. I love this question, actually, because I don't think I've ever actually been asked it because I think people just assume that, you know, I always say I started out in commercial and I think people always assume that it's the same, like same experience going into private. So it's like, how do you ask about that? And so I'm so sorry. I have a cold, guys. So I keep sniffling. But um, so I kind of love this because I can picture it so well. Um which is crazy because I have a terrible memory. I'm convinced it's the flying that is doing this to my memory. Um, I'm just going to blame whatever I can on that. I always do. And people are like, oh, yeah, must be. Uh, <laughs> so 
Indoc did, because I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, Lacey, but I think Indoc for what we were doing, it was pretty extensive. It was mm-hmm. probably, it was two full weeks, I think. It was a week in LA and then a week in Miami, right? Yes. We we would send you to safety training because we didn't do that in-house. Yeah. But so also amazing. Trucking and cleaning and all the fun stuff, really. Which I'm so excited to get into that as well because I want all the tips and tricks, stocking and and everything in between. But um, so yeah, it was it was essentially the better half of two weeks, I would say, one week in LA and then one week in Miami. And yeah, I was so lucky because you guys paid for my training, and you paid for anyone's training that was doing a certain program, and it was. I had no idea how lucky I was, let me tell you, because I didn't even know how much it cost at the time. I heard maybe like it was probably a year later when I got my recurrent done that I heard how much training in private was. (laughs) And I was like, I'm sorry, what? And I realized that I was like, oh, my gosh, these people paid for that for me. Like and this was just like how good of a company this was. So sorry, roundabout was. Yeah, so we did that and then pretty quickly I went on my first trip. Like I won't I think I was one of the first to go out of that hiring group and I was with someone and I don't know if you remember who I was with, but it was the same pilots as that terrible flight that we were talking about. Okay. So this should solidify who that was in your mind, I think. And then the flight attendant was absolutely phenomenal and she was up and coming in our company and she was incredible and I still love her so much. And it was just the best flight ever, honestly. It was a sequence. I think we went from L.A. to Las Vegas and we had these passengers that were continuing on from these flights all the way through our sequence of flights that day. And I do remember, though, on that last leg from Las Vegas to New York. So passengers got off in Las Vegas, but there were some returning passengers I go back to check the cabin in Las Vegas, getting it ready for them to re-enter on and then a few new passengers to get on. Yeah. And this sweet older couple had been celebrating their their anniversary. And I think it was like their at least 40th anniversary or something like that. So they had chocolate covered strawberries like specifically ordered for them in a bottle of champagne. They were older. They were they were at least in their 80s and they were so cute so lovely the guy had puked up the strawberries all over his wife's seat i don't know when or how so i just like go back there it is a red and brown catastrophe and i go to this flight attendant that's training me and i was like yeah so like where are the gloves and stuff and she was like why and i was like someone puked so i'm gonna go clean it up and she was like, oh, no, we don't deal with that. Nuh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> and usually in private, I will say that you don't have to always deal with bodily fluids. Sometimes you just got to, especially if it's in flight. But if it's on the ground, it, like a lot of private companies are pretty willing to help you out kind of thing, like and get professional cleaners in there. So where hazmat and suits and go in. <laughs> bless them. In this case, we were turning around within 30 minutes of being on the ground, essentially, and so one of the pilots was a new dad, um, younger guy, so nice, it's like so willing to help out. And he just like is like, I got it. I'll go. We don't have time. Like 
in the bottom line is you want to get to your destination on time, you know? And so he was just such a trooper. And he went back and I went back to help him. But I hate puke. I have literally had a passenger puke in my hands before. And I I just can't do it. What? Um, <laughs> wait, wait, follow up question. Did you <laughs> offer your hands? Did you make a cup or did they like grab <laughs> it? Oh, God. <laughs> wait, there's there's so many questions here. So the the story about it's a pretty short story of the passenger that puked my hands. I was working for an international airline and we were just landing on a 12 hour flight. So in airline in commercial, you have to stay in your jump seat. Like there's really not too many excuses for you to get out when you're landing. There really aren't any. You can get in some pretty big trouble. Um, And so (laughs) I will say. Luckily, this airline that I worked for, we had these really lovely gloves that we wore for pre-departure and for landing that we put on to make, you know, the whole, it kind of had a Pan Am vibe where before you landed and when you were greeting passengers, you had this whole look to yourself that was very put together. And then when you got on the air, you took like, we had a hat, we had this like cape, and then we had these gloves and you took them off and there were these really nice leather gloves. So I had these on. And this passenger had been pressing his call button like crazy. And I had been looking and he looked fine. I had like been making eye contact with him down the aisle from my jump seat. And I was like, we're good. Like we're we're landing. You're fine. <laughs> and he was like, okay, okay. <laughs> Giving me like a thumbs up. I was like, cool. We land and we turn off the runway and he comes running towards me. And I go, oh no, oh no, I know this look. And he just, and I put out my hands why why was it like instinct it was either that or gonna be on my boobs maybe on my boobs would have been better actually um but at least i was wearing these gloves so that he just vomited in my hands and subsequently like also kind of sort of on me yeah so glamour yeah glamour (laughs) it's what our job's about (laughs) uh this yes so first flight as private was interesting it reminded me a lot of the airlines because of that and luckily i had a really good crew that helped me the flight attendant was amazing and it was really fun honestly and because it was that shuttle service that you're you were talking about it was honestly fairly similar to the airlines although you were only serving maybe 10 passengers um so it it felt very easy like the flight attendant was there to train me and she honestly sat in the jump seat the whole time talking to the pilots because she was just like, you're good. Like, not you're good, but like, you're doing fine. If there's any questions, you can come ask me, but I don't think you have any, which I I didn't have too many um, because you guys had done such a good job training. So that's what I was really looking the question. Just the validation. Yes, yes I was, as you should, you deserve validation. I'm curious, and this isn't going to be about your first flight, but going back to you being in flight services versus in flight as in in the sky, um, like what I did there. You're not the name of this episode, by the way. (laughs) Um, What like tips and tricks do you have about running an in-flight department or to those that are going to start a 91 account or they're on a 91 account that are running their own stock room? Because I remember when I started running my own stock room, I came to you with a ton of questions 
And I had learned so much from how you set up our company stockroom. And I took a lot of that, but I still had questions of like how you came up with that system and how you kept track because you really did do such a good job. Like I never had to question what was in there. I always knew what was going to be there, where it was. I could probably go into that room with my eyes closed and like pick out stuff. Thank I'm you. I'm not kidding. Working then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a goal. My the way I've I've learned to set up a stockroom, and, and it depends. Right now, the stockroom that we run, a million hands are are going through. If it's it's if it's just you or just a handful of people, it's a little easier to manage. And then you can just kind of talk to person A and person B and tell them what the procedure is. Mine, sure. yeah, my version is a little more selfish. I put everything in clear bins. I put a PJS label on everything and I make sure everything has a spot because you don't want to be that person who comes in and fucks things up. If you see, Yeah, I remember those moments. Right. You don't want to be the person. You will see how you don't is and you don't leave things. So it's almost like you're guilted by looking at how nice everything looks that you don't want to mess it up. And that has been the I love that strategy. Yeah. Yeah. I think I had that happen twice where one of your colleagues, who I loved her so much, I had had the flight from, I'm going to say death, even though that doesn't really make sense. It was my, it was the death of me, I should say. Okay. It was the shortest flight ever from San Diego to LA. And it was part of a sequence, but that was the only flight I had that day. Let me tell you, there were 12 passengers on board, and unfortunately, I cannot tell you who these 12 passengers were, but I'm pretty sure you know. And I died. I I died a slow death on that flight. I even called my roommate when we landed, and I said, I need you to come to the airport to help me. I'm I'm dead. <laughs> because it was so hectic. What was, oh, I know. She was my cousin. She was my baby cousin. She kind of had to. <laughs> I really didn't give her an option. It's <laughs> like, I will Uber you here and give you a drive home and buy you dinner. Uh, and I just remember there was, what happened on this flight is a long story and I won't go into it, but it happened very quick. It happened out of order. They were an hour early, like there was so much food on board for a 15 minute flight. There were 12 passengers. They were wanting food. They were wanting drinks. There, things were being flown and thrown and stowed in places that should never be talked about. And I can never say in public. But I will say I remember distinctly knocking over a pepper shaker in the midst of this. For shame. I know. And I remembered it. And I made a mental note, like, remember to vacuum up using our little micro vacuum, vacuum up the peppers, like granules. And I didn't. And I got an email in the morning. Was it for Mind you, I was probably at the airport. What was it? For, what? Was it for me or someone else? No, it wasn't from you. Well, and I had sent like a really good hand, hand down which I also want you to get into like what a, a good hand down looks like. But I had sent a pretty in-depth hand, hand down. And at this point, I was pretty established with our company. And so I I don't think I had a ton of flights where I was like down and out or like, hey, guys, like, I'm so sorry. But this was one where I literally started out like, hey, guys, I am so sorry. I was here two hours after the flight 
And yet I still don't feel like this was done well. And I'm sorry. Like, let me know if you need me to come back in. Here's what you should find. They emailed me and reamed me in the morning and I came back in. Like, I felt so terrible. I came back in and helped vacuum up stuff. And um, and she was like, you didn't need to come in. It was really just the pepper granules. And I was like, I know, but it was, but it's all these pepper granules. <laughs> I, I know. So definitely yeah. not talking about. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it sticks out in my mind as one of those fights that I'm so not proud of because I, yeah, because I love in flight because you guys did so much for us. You guys made our job so easily, like easy as flight attendants. And yet, and so I always wanted to like leave it pristine for you all. Like, and so what to you, like what stands out to you to make a, a hand down of a plane pristine to you? Well, let me tell you the worst hand down I've had first. Um, we call them status reports. And just to, just to break it down, I love people, it. And some people will love this. Some people will be like, you're whatever. But the beginning of the SAS report is just general information. And then there's a checklist. Yes or no. Fairly simple. Um, and then at the end, you can write in anything that was a discrepancy that wasn't labeled before with a yes or no. Yeah. Um, the worst one I've ever had is um, one that just across it wrote, nope. Just nope. <laughs> Was it mine? Was it my pepper yeah. granules? No. It <laughs> was filled out because we had people... We didn't have this digitally, so we had these paper forms that people would fill out while they were flying, and then they take a picture and email in, and they just didn't. Oh, I remember those. And they just wrote that was before no. it was digital. Yes. Yeah, yes, and they wrote no. Oh, oh, the flight, the flight attendant did. I thought you guys did. No. Oh no. They wrote. Oh no. And they quit aviation the next week. What? I need to know who that is after this. Oh my gosh, I'm fascinated. So fairly, what happened on her flight? This poor baby girl. So, oh my gosh, we tried to call her. We did like a wellness call. She's like, "Are you okay? Like, you need support? Like, what's going on?" And then we, she ghosted us. She just quit. <gasps> she quit aviation. I was gonna be like, "Can I bring her on the podcast? I need to know what happened." Maybe. <laughs> Honestly, I can try to locate her. I haven't been in touch, but she was just so traumatized by what happened, and she's like, "Screw this! I'm going to do something else." Oh my gosh. So. So your question of what's a good pass down? Anything above that? Not that. Yeah, not <laughs> anything above that. <laughs> yeah, I'm insane. That's that's better than I ever could have hoped. Your worst hand down, right? But, so how did her plane look though? Her plane. Oh, do you remember? Yes, I do. Um, her plane had so there. there oh were no, beds. there was there were beds made up. Oh no! And so, the beds, the bedding was just everywhere. Which at first, oh when, no, what happened here? Were they making forts? Like what's going on? Then, <laughs> similar to our discussion earlier, there was just food and snacks everywhere. Mm. I remember finding a Snickers bar like crushed on <gasps> table. Yep. Oh my god! I remember this. <laughs> I remember the story. Yep. Someone else from your department told me about the yep. story. Yep. And you had one of those moments like, is this chocolate or poop? Chocolate or poop? Like, can't tell. Yes. Yep. That's exactly how she told it. She legitimately thought it was someone who ate something very disgusting. Oh, we had no idea. No idea. Uh, oh. 
we uh they clearly by the way i have to give the cabin attendant a little bit of credit because they clearly tried to clean up either them or the pilots but when we went to our vacuums which were dyson's there was spaghetti like what in there and it was one of those they tried to clean it up with the vacuum they're like look we're not doing it anymore who goes in with a vacuum for spaghetti anyways i she i don't know i hope she's on to bigger better things I'm so intrigued. Do you, was her flight long? It was, so she had a couple of legs. I remember that because I remember there were, okay. there was a couple of short hops. I know she came from the East Coast to the West Coast and then she had to go back into the middle of the country and then come. Oh, bless her. Yeah, that's a long day. Days, maybe, yeah. No, it was like two and a half days. It wasn't. Oh, it wasn't. Oh, she fine. She fine. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that didn't age well in so many ways. Yeah. No. Um, but I got off topic from your question. <laughs> so don't do that. Just don't do any of that. No. Yeah. So what makes a handover really good then? Like plane walk. Start with the plane what? other than the paperwork, because I think paperwork to me is like I try to be as detailed as possible in my paperwork, which I am like, because then they can blame me for as little as there, there's very little that they can blame me for if I don't say all that they're going to find. Um, so I'm very detailed with my paperwork. So I'm more interested on what stands out to you when you walk on a plate. What are you looking for to be like, oh, this was a good flight attendant? What's going to stand out to you? The very first thing, right when you walk on, there should be nothing obstructing the aisle. Things should be put away at first glance before you even start opening drawers. Like things could be hidden in the drawers, but if you go on... You fooled me. It looks like it's great. It looks like it's wonderful. Everything's good. To- what is that? I love that. You fooled me. You fooled me. I'm going to keep it game, but you fooled me at first. <laughs> what is the worst thing you found shoved in a drawer? Uh, salami. I feel like it's salami or charcuterie. No, I um, I found a Nouveau ring. Oh, no. What is a Nuvo ring? It's um a type of birth control device. <gasps> and it was shoved in the Kleenex holder. In the- <laughs> <laughs> so that was probably the worst and most traumatizing thing I've ever found on a plane. Oh my god. Above and beyond the Snickers. But that could have but do you feel like that could have been like not the flight attendant and it could have been the client trying oh, to hide absolutely. it absolutely but the point yeah the- but why would you hide that like were they trying to like get impregnated do you think like on accident like what was happening in that look i have never ever that. <laughs> that's gonna be a whole nother episode but <laughs> what is behind the new boring <laughs> All I know is I had to walk that- the aircraft to grab some gloves and walk back on to like hear myself for this. Yeah. Okay. And again, we're getting sidetracked. So, okay. So things that are, so aisle cleared away. I, I think that's a, that should be a given, I would hope. It, one, but it's not apparently. One, one would think. Interesting. So you're saying it's not like you've had situations where that's just not happening. What is it like trash and stuff in the aisle or like unfolded blankets so without listing every single thing that we've found, yeah, ultimately, absolutely, that initial when you go on board, yeah, make sure everything looks good, but just swivel the chairs, look in cabinets, because even oh yeah, things doesn't mean that um you know Junior didn't put something behind the seat. 
So they always swivel the chairs to make sure there's not stuff. Yeah. On sides or behind. Yeah, that's a good tip. Yeah. Okay. So then what from there? I have I have things in my head that I feel like you're gonna list. <laughs> I'm I'm curious. I'm trying to think of your flights to, <laughs> to figure this out. From from there too, just make sure you're just wiping down everything because even if you didn't use it, by the way, this is the most common excuse that I have is I didn't even use that drawer. I never looked in that drawer. So that wasn't me. So-and-so left the bread in there. So-and-so left a Ninja Turtle stuffed animal. Like, I don't know what it is. But the point is, when you get on an aircraft, you should be going through every single drawer to prepare yourself. Familiarize yourself with the plane. So you saw it, fix it. If you, It's one of those, if you see something, in this case, if you see something, do something. I understand maybe it wasn't you, but just pick it up, move on with it, and you can report it later to us. Every good flight attendant that has ever trained me or wanted to give me advice, the best advice, and my dad said this growing up too about just scenarios in general, but this was about planes that every flight attendant said, was um, leave the plane better than you found it. Yep. And my dad used to say that growing up about like, if you stay at someone's house, leave it better than you found it. If your house sitting for someone, leave it better than you found it. Like that is my rule when I, tr- at least I try to follow that rule as best I can when I'm on a plane. Absolutely. And, and by the way, too, we understand that you're not robots. You're not perfect. We get it. You have back-to-back flights, you're on minimum rest half the time. You're dealing with, you know, ridiculous clients, sometimes ridiculous other crew members, whatever it is. And so just yeah. just to kind of translate that into the paperwork, just be honest. Because even if it wasn't you, don't play the blame game. Like, I, I don't want you to take the, the fault for it. But just be honest. Like, hey, I didn't check this or I forgot that. Like, we get it. That's the whole reason yeah. of the department. We're there to support. The second that you don't tell us the truth and I go on your plane and I find all yeah. these faults, I'm going to be pissed. So just be honest. Yeah. That's like, that's the best pass down ever. That's the best rule I can ever say for anyone. An honest one. Yeah. Just be honest. You're not going to get fired for not doing a thing or two. I mean, if that happens every yeah. flight, then yeah, maybe. I mean, you never know. No. Yeah. I think for me too, to add into it, and I'm sure you can speak to this and maybe you found it is when you open like the oven or the microwave and there is food that they forgot to take off or in the ice drawer or in the fridge same same mm-hmm. like that should be your last check when the like the pilots have shut down the plane and they're like you good you ready to get off and you're like yeah we good and you don't have power take your phone with its flashlight on this is my last check of the, the day is i still to this day on every flight Go to my fridge, my oven, my microwave, and my ice drawer, making sure there's nothing. Because there's nothing to me that says rookie flight attendant than that. Yep. Agreed. Like leaving something that is disgusting for your next flight attendant or you to refind. Yep. And <laughs> in the lab trap, you never know what clans. Oh. Now it gets missed a lot, which is interesting to me. Lab trash and also cleaning the lab. Like, I think a lot of people think maybe, like, someone will come in and do it for you. And if you're lucky, Lacey and her team will catch it. And they might do it for you or they'll drag you in on your off day and be like, you need to do this. Um, Which, in all fairness, that's fair. (laughs) Like, but it is our job to clean the toilets. Jamie literally had a post from, what, like, two years, a year or two ago 
where she was cleaning the toilet. And it's like, yes, our job is AKA or no, that's the wrong one in quotations, glamorous. <laughs> like, but really it's not. No, like it's not. We clean the trash. We clean that vomit. We clean the the lab, which is AKA the bathroom. Like we clean all the things that you don't want to know about. Yeah. Like, absolutely. And and if you work for, there's a couple of companies out there. Well, there's a couple of companies that they have no in-flight team. You are on yeah. your own and you have to do everything. You have no support whatsoever. Then there are companies that they have a magical in-flight team who will go in and do everything for you. What my experience has been with my department is we're this in-between. We hold you yeah. this high regard, but we also know you're human, so we're there to support. And it's one of those, it's very interesting getting people from either the spectrum of I do everything myself, because then they don't like you in your business. They're like, well, why'd you go on? I did everything. It's like, no, we're, we're, we're helping. And and then you have the people who are so used to things being done. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. aren't you in flight? Don't you do that? And so it's very interesting navigating Ugh. these different type of, um, you know, cabinet tenants. I think that maybe you'll agree with this. I think the best way to approach going onto an aircraft, whether you be a contractor or a full-time person, is don't assume anyone's going to do anything. Go into it knowing you're going to do from the beginning catering prep to doing everything on board during the flight to cleaning up after and above and beyond making sure everything's ready to go and then sending a hand down. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, that should be bare minimum that you're like signing yourself up for when you're doing a contract flight, a charter flight, an owner flight, whatever, any kind of flight. <laughs> I'm going to take that that soundbite right there and just post it over every single platform I can find because some people do need to hear that. I I never would assume that anyone would do that for me. Like, again, pepper granules, I felt terrible for. I was like, I can't believe I left a plane like this and I don't ever want to leave a plane like that again. Uh and I came in on my off day after being up for many hours that day. And I was just like, I feel so terrible. I'm, I'm pretty sure I brought them coffee because I was like tail between my legs. Like I need to buy your love now because um, I felt like I took like 12 steps down of like <laughs> their favorite flight attendant. <laughs> I was like, and I went so far down. Now. <laughs> well, for everyone out there, don't feel like you have to do that. <laughs> but bribery does. Yeah, I'm a little extra. Bribery does wonders and it works magic, especially when it's caffeine or chocolate. This is true. I do know that. I do know. And that's why I did it. That or a nice bottle of wine if they drink wine. (laughs) Okay. One of my last questions is, what is one of the one or a few of the weirdest stock items you've gotten requested for a plane? Like, so if you don't know in flight or maybe Lacey, do you want to explain like in flight where you like stock certain things for certain clients like they have a writer? Sure. So baseline, just backing up a little bit, depending on the company, our company has a standard stock. And so there's certain quantities yeah. of items that we keep on board. And that's just to help with consistency. We send a list out to our clients. so They know what they can expect. If, say, they don't want their Coke, they want Coke Zero, they'll request that. That way, either my team or the cabin attendant will go out and purchase it. So part of the in-flight role is to assist the crew with picking up some of these items if they can't. And um, so 
Um, they sometimes they have a list of I just want one thing to three pages of nonsense and and you have to import things from Europe and or it's just been on there. Um, side tangent, we had on a profile for three years, this, this poor guy, this poor guy had a cough. He was sick on a flight. And so for three years, we, well, so sorry, three years ago, he had a cough on a flight and he requested in flight a cough drop and some hand sanitizer. And so the cabin tenant was wonderful and went back, got it for him and gave it to him. On his rider, which is a profile for clients uh-huh. that you know when they fly, they always want these items. Which yeah. side note, make a profile for every person you fly. If you're on a 91 account, create profiles for every person that comes on if you can. And if you work for a charter company, at the end of your hand down email, always put profile notes for passengers like Huge tip. And Virginia, Sorry. First, no question for you. Where do you keep your profiles? Like, you I put them on a Google Drive. I keep all of my profiles on a Google Drive that I can share with anyone at any point, but they're private. They're locked down. Whether I'm on a 91 account or if I am working charter, I have profiles for all of my passengers that I've flown. Right. <laughs> Just good tips for people. Uh, yeah. So sorry. So yeah. you're saying I'm sorry. I interrupted majorly no, there. They're wonderful. This this passenger, you know, he had a, he had a cough. He was sick that one flight. But for the next three years, whenever he flew with us, it was on his rider that there had to be a cough drop because we the the flight attendant saw him put the cough drop in his water, and so when he boarded, there was a glass of water with a Ricola sitting in it with hand sanitizer right next to it. And so finally he called in and was like, hi, like this is like a weird welcome treat. What are you, is this just like the company's way of doing things? And so he's like, well, no, this isn't a preference of mine. Like, can we just not do it? And it took forever to to get this off of his rider. So everyone, Please just be aware that sometimes people get sick. Sometimes it's not a preference. So maybe just double check before you just make that. Oh, that's funny. On someone's profile. <laughs> like they have to have this. <laughs> this is the weirdest welcome welcome table I've ever had. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, but also I'm kind of like side note when I'm sick, aka right now, that's kind of genius to put in like a cough, a cough drop in your water yep. and your tea. Yeah. No, it, it works. Just probably revolutionary. Three years for the rest of, like, follows you through the rest of your life. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that's a weird one. Yeah. Is that one of the most weirdest, like, requests, which wasn't even really a request. It just kind of happened. Yeah. No, no. The weirdest one was um, apparently, and I learned this, that Evian has different colors of caps. Uh-huh. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, wait, what? Like like the, the twist off caps. Evian water. Evian water has a blue cap and a red cap. And a pink. Oh, I thought it was pink. They have pink ones too. For this for, for Oh gosh. Yeah, for this one they have I think they have a white one too. Do they? <laughs> I think so. Well, back in my day they didn't have white. <laughs> oh god, back in your day. <laughs> they had a red and a blue. And I remember this passenger okay. requested both. And I, I was the cabin tenant on this flight 
And so that's, oh no, I can tell you, I, I sorted it with in flight. And then I was later scheduled to be the crew member for this. And I remember that Googling for days, what's the difference between a red cap avion and a blue cap avion? Like there has to be something. Is one carbonated? Is one from Europe? Like whatever it is, there's no difference. <laughs> there's no difference. Yeah. And but we, was she convinced? He or she was she can? Were they convinced? But the whole point of the cap system was she drank the Evian out of the red caps, and the dogs she <laughs> roared. They drank out of the blue capped Evian. <gasps> I mean, that makes perfect sense to me. I don't understand why you're judging this, Lacey. Okay. All right. Hi, am mighty. No, it was the weirdest thing. I did a taste test before. I was like, I have to know what the difference is. I asked many people. It was the most bizarre thing ever. And and by the way, after she took a sip, had to replace the entire bottle. And they weren't the small ones. They were like the liter bottles. The liter ones, right? So she like wouldn't re-sip? Nope. It was used goods. So she took... She would take one sip out of a water bottle and be like, I'm done. Are you kidding? Oh, it could be reused in the lab because she didn't want to use the potable water on board. And so she used the used water. But would only take one sip out of her water bottle. Correct. (laughs) That is the weirdest thing I think I've heard. Yep. I'm fascinated. I'm also going to challenge people at home. Like, what is the weirdest thing? that you have done on a flight. I've sorted out M&Ms to the color, which is one of my weird ones. And that, but probably not the weirdest one, but it's the one on the top of my head. This one, Lacey, I think takes the cake for me. I'm fascinated by how many water bottles she must have gone through a day to get in her whatever many ounces. I just hope you get sponsored by Evian and then we can do a little taste test. We can send it to people, figure out what... (laughs) I need to know the difference. Or like in Europe, they have the glass Evian bottles. Mm-hmm. Mm. So fancy. There's something different because you know what? I don't like Evian in the U.S., but I love Evian in Europe. Right, you fancy. It's a weird thing. You fancy. I mean, have you heard the debacle among flight attendants that there's like a rating of water brands? Okay. Yeah, there okay. definitely is. And so... I'm just saying. Okay. Well, that should be on your next episode. We do a a rating. It should. Of all the waters. (laughs) Honestly, yeah. This is going to happen now. (laughs) I'm going to put it in my notes. Lacey, is there anything that, like, you want to say about in-flight department um, just to end with? Like, is there anything that you can be like, do, don't, advice, anything? Sure. Um, We are there to help. We are not there to criticize your work whatsoever truly um part of our job is to uphold a standard of whatever you know company you're at so we try to deliver the information in just a fact-based way without emotion um but truly feedback feedback's great we love feedback but just know that we're coming from a standard and that standard can be changed because ultimately you're up in the air and you're experiencing things so we can change things. That's also why I'm so happy I did fly for as long as I did because it made me learn a lot. But just just know we're human. We have feelings and um yeah, we're just we're just here to help. Yeah, it's a team thing. Yeah. And I'm just going to add on there and you can tell me if you agree. Like I think that we can both learn from each other. Like 
I remember being there and like, you know, me and one of your coworkers would be having a discussion of like, hey, Virginia, why did you leave this like this? And I would be like, oh, so then it's like this when I take off or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. I don't even have a good example at the top of my head. But we would teach each other. And then I would do the same thing with you guys. Be like, hey, how do you guys like, why do you guys make me do this? Uh-huh. And you guys would have an explanation and it would be like, oh, OK, now that I know. Cool. I will make sure to do that from now on. Like, yeah, definitely. Like we are a team like that is what this whole podcast is about, is that we are a community in the flight world. Like, please know that that's why we have everyone under the sun coming on like flight crew. We have, you know, in flight coming on. We have caterers. We have chefs. We have people in hospitality because it's like we're all fighting for the same team (laughs) we're trying to be better at what we're doing (laughs) and Lacey you just helped us so much like think about how we do hand downs and pass offs or whatever you want to call them like you're you're changing the way we think about it and you've shed a lot of light on how we do it going forward I know you taught me how to do it right from the beginning which is I'm so thankful for because to this day I still get a lot of time I will still get complimented on how I hand down and I owe that all to you guys because I would not have naturally been that organized. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're so sweet. But but truly, you've also given us a lot of feedback as well that has helped improve the process. So like you said, team effort. I can't have annoyed her. And the first <laughs> here, team, teamwork. Teamwork makes the dream work. It's so true. Oh, boy. We're all, well, we're all on this team. Thank you. We are. Oh, God, the High School Musical reference saved for the very end. I had to. I <laughs> love it. We're High School Musical fans here. Um, well, Lacey, thank you so much for coming on. And thank you for sharing your wisdom and how you started. It was just like fascinating to me. I'm hoping people at home found it fascinating and also found it encouraging because like you weren't even you didn't even know about private and you came into it. And like, I just think that that's fascinating and encouraging to people at home and hopefully it is. But thank you for sharing all of your fun stories and just being the light that you are. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Now, I'm I'm excited about this podcast and to hear the more episodes too. A lot of different people coming on here. It's going to be really good. It's going to be entertaining for sure. It is. This episode might be in the books for sure. Yeah, we'll see what gets entertainment wise. There's a lot of editing about to happen. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Well, we will for sure see you next time because I'm sure you'll come on board. I really want and I think other people want to know how to organize a stock room and how to go about running a stock room. And I definitely want to have you back for that. So thank you. And we look forward to when we can talk to you again, Lacey. Thanks, Virginia. All right. Bye.